Welcome to a Badass Study Podcast, a podcast where you can study while doing whatever. I'm your host, Hannah Dollinger. Welcome, everyone. I have no idea what number episode this is. I think it's 15, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't label them on the actual title of the episode, so I don't know. So welcome to the episode where we talk about task list item B9. Um, (laughs) I just finished a s'mores donut, so I'm doing very well this morning. Um, Anyways, I wanted to welcome our new listeners. We have a bunch of new listeners. Um, I checked the demographics, and I have some international listeners, which is so exciting to know that I'm reaching those outside of the U.S. So shout out to my listeners from Canada. Um, we have listeners from Ireland, which is the one of the places that I want to go to most in the world. Um, we also have a listener from the United Arab Emirates, which blew my mind. And then we have listeners in Switzerland and the UK. So if you guys like want me to come over and talk to you about ABA, I'll just let me know. (laughs) So today's topic is about task list item B9, which states to use a combination of design elements I've been kind of procrastinating on this topic because I haven't really been sure how to talk about this in the best way. So um, this might be a short episode, like a really short episode, but that's fine. We want to keep things parsimonious and not complicate anything. And really, this isn't a complicated task list item to grasp. You basically just need to understand single case design and the different uh, experimental designs within single case so that you can know how to combine them to make the strongest design possible. So you'll need to know the advantages and the disadvantages of each single case design. Um, But today, I'm not going to get into all of the specific advantages and disadvantages and all of the different combinations of designs that you can use. What we're going to talk about today is why you might want to combine design elements and then talk about a specific article where they did combine design elements, which I will post a link in the Instagram post on Monday. So if you're listening to this now, which will be on Monday, it should be posted. There should be a um, link on the new episode post at ABA Study Podcast on Instagram. And um, it is an open source article, so you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to, like, have access to any specific databases. It's an older article, uh, so you should be able to download it, no problem. Okay, so why would we want to use a combination of design elements? It sounds tricky. It sounds hard. Why wouldn't we just use one design and call it a day? Well, sometimes things don't go as planned. For example, with my thesis, I originally planned to do an ABAB design, but then my behaviors didn't reverse. So we considered changing it to multiple baseline design because I already had 
an A and B, but actually I had already implemented the second A condition. So that's how we learned that it wouldn't reverse. So then we did um, the second B condition as a changing criterion design instead of another um, just normal B condition with the intervention in place. And we did that as a way to try to salvage the experiment and establish some sort of control within my design. Because remember, with an ABAB design, you take baseline data for condition A, and then you implement, you implement the intervention in condition B, then you withdraw it, then you implement the intervention again. And that's how you demonstrate control. That is, if your behavior changes with like immediately within um, or with each withdrawal and introduction to the intervention. So if it doesn't, then you've also lost out on a demonstration of effect and you cannot demonstrate a functional relation. So in order to try to uh, attempt to establish experimental control and be able to demonstrate a functional relation, I had my A condition, my B condition, and did see an increase in my B condition. And then with my A condition, the behaviors did not go back to baseline levels. So they basically looked, it, it looked like a multiple baseline design. If you just removed the condition lines, it would have just looked like a straight multiple baseline design. Um, so in my second B condition, I implemented the changing criterion design so that I could show, hey, with each change in the criterion, behavior rises or it increases or it decreases to meet the new criterion level. Um, so then I could show replication within the changing criterion design and I could show experimental control, but that also didn't work. So <laughs> it was just a hot mess. Um, so again, in order to combine different designs, you should have a good understanding of each design and their independent strengths and weaknesses so that you can combine them to get the strongest design possible. So I wanted to talk about this one article that I found. Let me pull it up. Oh no, I can't find it, of course. Okay, found it. It's called The Effectiveness of Brief Timeout with and Without Contingent Delay, a Comparative Analysis. And it is by uh, Mace Page Ivanchik. I don't know how to, if I pronounced that correctly. And O'Brien, published in 1986 in the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis. So they used, um, they compared brief timeout with and without contingent delay. But in order to make that comparison, they combined. Let's see, they combined an ABAC reversal design with a multiple baseline design across conditions. And I will, again, provide a link to this so that you can view the, their graphs and you can see what it looked like to combine the different elements. They, I'm trying to see if they explained why they used those specific designs, like, Normally, um, when you are talking about the design that you use, you talk about why you chose that design. 
specifically like if you if I chose well I did choose an ABAB design and when I talked about why I chose that I said well here's the behavior that I'm targeting this is a reversal behavior so therefore I'm choosing a reversal a reversal design um so but I don't see that in here which would have been fantastic and I did not read the entire thing so if I missed that my apologies so you can clearly see in the graph, so they had three different participants and, right, one, two, did they? I don't know. Because, um, like, one says Amy, one says Sam, and then their next graph says Art. I think that's the third participant's name. Maybe I'm having a sugar crash from my s'mores donut. But anyways, when you look at the graphs, you can clearly see that it is an ABAB design, or it looks like an ABAB design, but it's really an ABAC design. And then it looks like three different rever reversal or withdrawal designs stacked on top of each other in a multiple baseline format. So you can see that they took concurrent baseline data for all three tiers. And then you see that this staggered the introduction of the intervention for all three tiers. And it looks like the baseline was also kind of staggered. Um, but you can see, you can definitely tell that it is two different designs combined into one. And yeah. So I'll post the link for that. I think I said that like three times. And uh, you can check it out yourself. Okay, so I told you that was going to be a short episode. I feel like I spent five times the amount planning that than I did actually recording it. Um, but let's wrap up. Again, what you need to know for the exam, you need to know the advantages and disadvantages of all of the designs. You need to be able to tell um, if you're looking at a graph, like what combination of design elements they used within that graph. And um, that's pretty much it. I don't remember getting this question on the exam, but if I had gotten it, I would have been okay because I, I studied the different experimental designs in great detail. So I think that the way you study for this particular task list item is just knowing all of the designs. So if you want to support the podcast, please rate and review. You can follow me on Instagram at ABA Study Podcast. I'm not super active on there, but I do have some good resources for you. And um, if you like what I'm doing and you find the episodes helpful, please share with your fellow future BCBAs who are studying. I find this, this podcast just so exciting and cool, and I just want to be a really great resource for you all. So if you have any feedback that you think would make the podcast better, please let me know. Sometimes I feel like I'm just flying blind here. <laughs> um, if you like the episodes with guests better, I want to know that. I can get more guests. If you like the short and sweet episodes like this one, let me know. Or if you prefer the longer episodes, just let me know. I just want to hear what you all like. You all know that 
behavior analysts love to know what we're doing right. And if we're not doing something right, we love to know how to make it better. So I am going to create a survey or Google form or something. So if you do have feedback, you can submit it anonymously um, if you want to provide feedback. And I will post that in the Instagram as soon as I do so. For our next episode, we are going to talk about, i pull a task list up here. I believe it's component analyses. Yeah, task list item B10, conduct, con- oh, I can't talk, conduct a component analysis to determine the effective components of an intervention package and task list B11, conduct, con- guys, conduct, conduct a parametric, oh my God. Conduct a parametric analysis to determine the effective values of an independent variable. So we're going to be talking about component and parametric analyses and what the heck those are and when do we use them. And yeah, um, stay safe. If you're listening to this, it's it releases on Memorial Day. Um, have a good Memorial Day and um, just, uh, yeah, stay safe. Wash your hands and uh, get studying. Actually, I hope you're not studying on Memorial Day. Take a break.